All right, welcome to uh, Trickle Up Politics. This is Levon, joined by Sean. Say hello, Sean. Hello, hello. Well, what a year 2020 uh, was. Oh, wait, it's still 2021. That was just one week that we experienced in this new year. <laughs> and from everything starting off with a Georgia runoff that John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock won against Kelly Leffler. Woo, woo, woo! <laughs> and uh, David Perdue. Big, big shout out to Stacey Abrams delivering that one. Yeah. And her staff. That That's incredible. Years of progress there. And yeah. really sped us up, too, I, I'd say. Absolutely. And that really... That really should be the story that we're talking about today. Yep. Uh, and the focus of where we're at uh, mm-hmm. as a nation, that we're at a place where um, a, a black woman from the deep South just flipped a state by going back to the roots of the black church uh, mm-hmm. and, and literally taking uh pages from how they build a congregation to build the democratic party in that state and the reward of that work that stacy abrams and so many others put in but but she's really the face of that is the first black congressman or senator excuse Mm -hmm. me from georgia Mm -hmm. and the first jewish senator from georgia right so you have two individuals representing underrepresented populations coming out of the Bible Belt. Um, Stacey Abrams is just, uh, I mean, she is a fucking badass. Uh, That's all I have (laughs) to say. Yes. And not to mention both of them. uh, I've never held office before. Right. Which which is, you know, into this day and age is even more incredible. Um, Really shows the grassroots nature in that um while that would have been the biggest story this week <laughs> to start off the new year the next day uh clouds formed in the form of an insurrection a attack on america a treasonous act um on our capital on our democratic institution and a democratic process um unfortunately no i i w- am not surprised that a lot of this happened, unfortunately, but it's still, you know, still shocking to see those images, and it's still shocking, really, to me that that I, uh, you know, that really did culminate the way it was, and that out of a worst case scenario, uh, how much worse it could have been. It, it's just, and it's sad to think about it that way, but that's kind of yeah. kind of <laughs> where we are. Yeah, what seven people dead now? Seven now directly related to the to those events, and, and yeah, we can sit back and say, man, it could have been so much worse. Could have been so much worse. And you're talking about seven people right. dead um, at the behest of the president of the United States of America. You know, I have just never in my lifetime. Uh, felt so betrayed by my country mm-hmm. you know 9-11 was a feeling of of just pure terror right just 
the unknown and um, the fear that went along with 9-11 was really intense. And really the last time I remember, you know, getting phone calls and, te- and I don't even know if I was getting text messages at the time. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that, that was so long ago, <laughs> but I mean, you know, all of a sudden there was just this electricity in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And everyone's talking about, have you seen what's going on? You're getting phone calls and, and just all of this happening. And it was that same feeling, you yeah. know, I'm sitting at work And all of a sudden, just coming from every which way, push notifications, text messages, phone calls, like, do you see what's going on? And you turn on the television and and literally one of the first things I hear is uh, a group of pro-Trump protesters, that's what they were calling them in that Mm -hmm. moment, have just taken the Capitol, right? They've just breached the walls of the Capitol. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And... it's just dumbfounded. Mm. I'm just dumbfounded with how we could get here. And yet it is so easy to look at the rhetoric that Donald Trump spews out of his mouth and the hate that he stokes every time he speaks. And it's not hard to know how we ended up here. there's a direct link and there's no Mm -hmm. doubt. And the fact that there are still individuals who were in that house that day, who experienced it, who are not calling that out, Mm -hmm. who are not addressing it in a real way, but instead who are hours later voting to disenfranchise millions of people. Mm -hmm. My faith, in our democracy, and the truth is my faith in the conservative movement of this country has been shaken to its core. Mm-hmm. And I am a person who believes in listening, mm-hmm. who believes in mm-hmm. people having a right to feel something differently than me. And and not to mention that, the, <laughs> believe it or not, this was probably the worst day of the Trump presidency, and there has been uh, millions of those. <laughs> but to say that it's the worst of the worst, it, it doesn't doesn't do it justice. And and to know that there were uh, in the end, as as uh, this uh, you know this Trump train comes off the rails and comes to a cataclysmic end, his presidency. To know that they were lock in step, there there were senators and people within our government you know, at the state level too, because there are state senators in that mob who believed in overthrowing our system of government. And how do you call yourself a patriot? You literally violently took over the Capitol building. Yeah. And yet you call yourself a patriot. It is just unbelievable to me that, that somehow, and not only that, not only that, you, you violently took over the Capitol and call yourself a patriot, but you did that mm-hmm. waving the flag of the Confederacy. Of the Confederacy, yes. Waving the flag of Trump, literally flags with the name Trump on them, waving the Nazi flag. Yeah. That's yep. what you took over the Capitol building Enemies. with and you call yourself a patriot. During a democratic process. During the confirmation of the next president of the United States, 
who was duly elected in a free and fair election, confirmed by 50 states, by multiple courts, and by independent observers from around the world. Mm -hmm. Like, let's not Mm -hmm. forget that international bodies came to observe our election process this cycle because of him and because of his bullshit. And they all said it was free and fair, as well as his attorney general. He comes out and says this was a free and fair election. And still, you patriots mm-hmm. waving your Confederate flag and your Trump flag and mm-hmm. take over the state building. Mm-hmm. Our capital, the beacon on the hill that yeah. you all fucking talk to yep. as if it's some amazing line that Reagan came up with. It yeah. is pretty good. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they bowed down mouth. to that. They bowed down to that because... It, what it means to them oh it means is it for me and and that's exactly what uh and we'll get you know we'll get into reagan at some point but <laughs> and and all this kind of culminates from the point of, of reagan too of reaganism or kind of this moment culminates from from reaganism but um not to get off subject um well no i think you know i think the the Republican Party has has to come to a reckoning with Trump, right? Trump is the worst of the Republican Party all in one. And he has drawn that out in, in ways that no one else could. But the Republican Party has been attacking our government for a really long time. And it really comes down to an attack on the social safety net. Right. That that is where the Republican attack on our government started. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to undermine government so that they could strip out the social safety net. They wanted to get rid of Medicaid. They want to get rid of Medicare. They want to get rid of Social Security. Right. And and so they undermine the government and they talk about fraud and all of these things. And that originally was a Republican attack based in those entitlement programs, as they like to call them. The welfare queen. Right. That that terminology that, yeah. But what they did was they unleashed this conspiracy theory Mm -hmm. undertone to the Republican Party that is now what you see in front of you. It's no longer an attack on the on the welfare mom right Mm -hmm. that's no longer what you're attacking you're literally attacking democracy you're literally trying to disenfranchise millions of voters Mm -hmm. so that you can maintain power Mm -hmm. you're killing democracy and that that the republican party of 40 years ago has to own their part of this Yes. And, and this, there is direct line right. to that process. Like the George Wills, like the, you know, the, those sort of uh, establishment Republicans uh, that we call now, it, it, even like uh, Mitt Romney's. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And stop standing up at the 11th hour or really the 13th fucking hour. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's already over. Oh, and now you're going to stand up. Right. Right. Like, and, and that's what I saw so many of these fucking Republicans in, in the house and the Senate do after this event is, Oh, well, I'm not going to contest those votes anymore. And we're all supposed to think, Oh, you're so fucking awesome. It literally took on your morals. It literally took an insurrection for you to grow the tiniest set of balls possible. And Oh, by the way, still over 60% of the Republican party in the house voted to disenfranchise millions Mm -hmm. of voters after an armed violent insurrection that killed five people that day, one of whom was a police officer who you beat to death Mm -hmm. with a fire extinguisher. Yep. And yet 60 plus percent of your party voted in lockstep with those individuals Mm -hmm. for the very reason that they Mm -hmm. stormed that fucking castle. Right. And is and yeah, and as or Arnold Schwarzenegger said in his uh, speech there, this this is a, a dire warning that this could be our crystal knocked. This could yeah. be our 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 night of glass, or night of broken glass. And there was plenty it, of it. Absolutely. So and that's where that's where the conversation kind of goes. What do what do the Democrats do? What does the opposing party do? What you know? <laughs> what what do what do Republicans in Congress who oppose us like Mitt Romney and 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 Lisa Murkowski and apparently Marco Rubio after deleting all his tweets from that day? Yeah, I I, I really one, I think it's sick that the man is still in office. And that Mike Pence, yeah, who, who I will give a momentary shout out for the fact that on that day, he immediately called out that this was an illegal act mm-hmm. and that anyone involved would be punished to the full extent of the law. That's a, that's a one, well, there's two things he did. That's one thing he did. The second thing he did was he showed up. Yeah. He came back to that room and did the only thing they could do that day. And I've heard people complain about the fact that they just went back to, to business. But you know what? That was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. They stepped back into those halls of democracy mm-hmm. and they did the people's work. Yeah. And they, they confirmed the vote Mm -hmm. for our next president of the United States. That was the right thing to do in that moment. And Mike Pence was a part of that and and never backed down. Even though those people went into those halls chanting, hang Mike Pence, because they wanted him. Oh yeah. Just like president Trump or whatever we're going to call him from now on, just like he wanted him to overturn that election and they knew that he could not do that. Yeah. Um, but he sent those people there. Yeah. 
with his vice yeah. president's name on their lips. Oh, okay. they wanted to hang yeah, the him. hit. He gave him a yeah. He was he and ordered he a hit. He won't enact the 25th Amendment. But you know what? There ain't no room on the door, right? Titanic went down. There's no room on the door for you because who's going to stay on that door? Who's the only person? This is a Titanic reference for anyone that doesn't get it. (laughs) Right? The only person hanging out on that door is Trump. Yeah, He will let everyone else freeze and die. Whether there's room on the door for more, it doesn't matter. Right. Everyone's going down but Trump. And this time, I really hope that that's not true. But, but fuck, man, that has been true up until this point, right? That man is Teflon. Mm-hmm. And he knows it. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that scares me. Mm-hmm. It scares me because right after this whole thing, he gives a, a non-concession concession speech mm-hmm. that is, one, the, the weirdest facial movements I've ever seen on an individual trying to give a speech in, in my life. Uh, I don't know if you watched it, but holy Lord, it, it seemed as if he was like having a stroke and a seizure at the same time while he's giving this speech. And, you know, everybody talks about, he's talking about, you know, wanting to protect election laws and that's really why he's Mm. doing all this which is pure bullshit because he's attacked every election law that he ever saw get in his way the truth is he was just trying to dig out of the 25th amendment which i think Mm. he actually did right he was Mm. successful yeah everybody's talking about this non-concession concession speech but nobody's talking about what scared the shit out of me in this as his comment at the very end of it that says to all of and this is a quote to all of my wonderful supporters mind you they they literally not more than 24 hours before this statement his wonderful supporters with confederate flags and trump flags and nazi flags hung nooses wore shirts that said three million is not enough camp auschwitz literally stormed our capital i just want to make sure that people understand that these are the wonderful supporters that this motherfucker is talking to yeah to my wonderful supporters i know you are disappointed disappointed in what mr trump that the we fact did. that they didn't overthrow the fucking government that, that you're not now di- <laughs> yeah democracy prevailed and you're no longer you're you're not a dictator we're not a dictatorship like that's what they're disappointed about or that you weren't able to disenfranchise millions of people that don't want to see you as the president of the united states because you're a failure and a loser okay that's what they're disappointed about i know you are disappointed but i also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning ominous You murdered five people that day. The hands of Trump is responsible for that. And yet you're telling us that these wonderful people who just were insurgents in our own government, 
who are domestic terrorists, these wonderful people, you're making sure they know that it's only just beginning. And this kind of messaging has been ignored before when Trump said, proud boys, stand back and stand by. Mm -hmm. Guess what? They stood back and they stood by. And when he called them to action, they marched down Pennsylvania Avenue, just like he asked them to. They marched through the doors of Congress, just like he asked them to. And they were not weak, just mm -hmm. like he asked them. Mm -hmm. This they is murdered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A police officer, by the way, uh, yeah. which, you know, blue lives matter, right? Yeah. That's a thing. Oh, wait, no, that's not a thing. Only when it, yeah. Oh, it's only, only when it uh, silences black lives matter. That's a hundred percent right. Yeah. And so that's sort of the question, like, where are we going from here? And, and that's the thing is like, there's some things that are, you know, this is where I kind of see uh, where money in politics, it's like, you know, usually I don't like it, but <laughs> AT&T today, uh, I think it was AT&T or ATT. I think that's the same thing. <laughs> I, I do my homework on that, but they're a big contributor to the, uh, to the Republican party. And they said, yeah, we're not going to fund uh, you guys anymore. Uh, you're cut off. Uh, those senators that uh, try to circumvent democracy. So at least there's some some encouraging signs that maybe maybe we could beat the beast down. You know, you bring up money and politics, and what's sad to me is. Uh, you know, I, I have this love-hate relationship with capitalism. I think a lot of progressives fight this love-hate relationship with capitalism, right? Like, uh, yeah, I hate how much money and how um, just radically unequitable our system is. Mm -hmm. um, and Jeff Bezos is is just a prime example of that. But yet... I fucking love Amazon, right? Um, <laughs> and we all order from them everywhere. Yeah, and so, I mean, it, it's this love-hate relationship. And so I, I, I think, you know, you speaking to um, kind of capitalism stepping up in a way, yeah. right? Starting to cut off um, money that goes into politics. I, I do think that's important because mm -hmm. capitalism in a weird way uh, over the last decade or so has really shown... Um, that that there's a natural democracy that happens within capitalism. And all of a sudden you see major car companies and major oil companies um, running ad campaigns and changing their philosophy and approach to be more friendly to the environment, not because it's right for the environment, but because they recognize that's where consumers are headed. Mm -hmm. And so are we going to let Elon Musk and Tesla make all these this money or are we going to shift and become more environmentally conscious? Mm -hmm. um, they do that for the dollars, but those dollars and ways are votes, right? There's, there's a natural democracy that happens uh, in capitalism. And so I, I do think that it speaks volumes that some of these major corporations are really speaking out and recognizing 
yeah. that democracy is a cornerstone of the environment they work in too. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, Trump is out for Trump and the right. Trump corporation, he does not give a shit about AT&T, right? right? He does not care one iota about what yeah. the success of that company is. And they know that. Yeah, um, They know that their board knows that. And I, I think that you'll start to see that influence uh, make a difference. Now, should should those dollars be in in our democracy in the first place, right? Should mm -hmm. they be part of our political system? Uh, question for another yeah. day, whole that, nother yeah. topic. That's a whole nother topic that we um, will talk about at some point. Yeah, <laughs> and but we'll have bringing a, it up. I think might be a five parter really too. <laughs> <At that. laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So that's yeah. And that's, that's where I kind of, you know, where I feel like, you know, where I guess my optimism kind of comes in with this is that um, there will be that, um, that kind of check. Um, and there is the, the, the corporations in a sense are a, a wing of our, or a branch of our government in, in a way, <laughs> um, you know, so yeah. <laughs> So there, there, there at least is that check going on. Um, well, but... and they want to protect what they already have, right? Oh, yeah. Our system ensures that that will happen so that they can stay rich. Um, and they'll keep the middle class around a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, because that, that generates wealth for them. Um, but the smaller the middle class can be, the better. Um, you know, push people into the working class. Yeah. Uh, that's much better. Or the working poor. That, yeah. That's fine too, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I think that's the other piece of this um, that I think is important for us to talk about is, you know, these, these people that stormed the Capitol and, and attempted to overthrow our government, these domestic terrorists have been brainwashed into a system where they don't recognize that the very people that they're trying to uphold are the very people who are keeping them in the places that create their anger, frustration, and desire for more, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's not black people that keep white people poor. Yeah. Right. But yet the poor white people are blaming immigrants and black people for those issues. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not black people who are raping your children. Right. It's actually probably your brother. Yeah. Right. Most likely that's who's doing it. Let's just be honest. This will be um, and if it's not your brother, <laughs> then it's somebody, you know, really closely. 90 percent yeah. of the time oh yeah it, yes. it is not some stranger that we can that we can right. paint right, right. Uh, and put out there for you you know this goes back to our conversation that i know we deviated from a, around um the drug war right is we have painted minorities underrepresented folks as the enemy for so long mm -hmm. um and, and it's just not the truth and, and this is the result of those things. Yeah. Right. This is the yeah. result 
of pitting us against one another and not really allowing us to have conversations about real things like wage disparity. Right. 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 Like how do we, how do we improve the job market? How do more people build wealth in this country? Yeah. Uh, and, and those things include discussions around healthcare. Right. Right. And that's what I think. And we about. have to have those conversations. Right. And that's what I think about with this situation is this, this anger, this vitriol. I, I could, I just have a hard time imagining a scenario playing out like this. If we had, um, you know, equal access to, to um, uh, college and um, healthcare, that is a health, robust healthcare system, uh, you know, wage um, equality or uh, income, income inequality addressed, you know, where people are earning a good wage. I just have a hard time imagining that, uh, you know, these, these, um, this extremist uh, ideology that's, that's bringing in this country now would occur uh, if right. people are happy. <laughs> I agree. But this comes back to this idea that we've demonized all of those things, right? Yep. All these things that you're fighting for because you're angry that you don't have a good paying manufacturing job anymore, right? Like to be stereotypical a little bit here, but you're your high paying manufacturing job that allowed you to maintain a family of four on a living wage and send your kids to college and give them a good opportunity and allowed you to retire to Florida, right? All of those things you see as being gone because they are, the world is changing. Yeah. But we have demonized that the world has changed and we're placing that blame on others when really it is the world is changing. And yet the ways that we have to intervene on those things through the government are demonized as socialism, mm -hmm. right? We can put money in your pocket, America, by giving you healthcare. It will be cheaper for every American. Will your taxes go up? Yes, they will but it will be cheaper, okay? We can increase your ability to make a living wage by offering you free education, right? Right. Your income will go up and guess what? The rest of our income being the state or the, the government's income will go up because you're making more money. You're gonna pay it back to us. Right and meaningful ways. And this is what we ignore in the conversation. Instead, we demonize it as socialism. We can't do that because we're gonna become whatever mm -hmm. country, mm -hmm. right? Right. And, and yet the very things that could create comfort in people's lives, mm -hmm. stability in their lives, mm -hmm. they're unwilling to look at. And, and I, are you okay if I share this, this tweet? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is what I was looking for. Because I really, yeah, because I really think that this speaks to it in a way that, that I can't and is really meaningful. And it, it's a little lengthy, so I apologize for that. But um, it, it's written by a, a guy on Twitter, Juan Pa, uh, J-U-A-N-P-A, and it's at J.P. Brammer. Um, 
And uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read through this. I'm a Mexican American from a poor, rural, mostly white town in Oklahoma. Missing from this debate, how poor whites see themselves. If you're wondering how poor, exploited white people could vote for a dude with a golden elevator who will fuck them over, here's how. They don't see themselves as poor. They don't base their identity on it. They see themselves as temporarily embarrassed millionaires. Sorry, hit the oh, wrong yeah. button. I know there's more. <laughs> the, the stigma against poverty is incredibly strong. It is shameful to be poor, to not have the comforts of the middle class. So they pretend that they are poor, that they aren't poor. They're willing to lie to make it seem like they aren't poor. They purchase things to make it seem like they aren't poor. In my town, wealth wasn't associated with greed, but with hard work and inherent goodness. You are blessed if you have material wealth. I think this is really a Southern belief structure, a yeah. strong Southern belief structure yeah. that really permeates itself across the U.S., but I think it, it is really strong in the South. When they see Trump, they don't see an extortionist who is rich because of the very conditions that keep their own communities in poverty. They see someone who worked hard and was just rewarded with wealth. Most men, especially, think they too could be Trump were it not for the unfair obstacles put in their way. White men who don't consider themselves successful enough have so many excuses for their failures. The idea that immigrants are the reason they are poor and not wealthy like Trump is so appealing. It takes all the shame and blame away. And here we have a man who they think tells it like it is and is willing to name the thing stealing prosperity out of their hands. If these people saw themselves as an exploited class of people, if American culture didn't stigmatize poverty so much, it might be different. But America has so entangled wealth with goodness and poverty with moral deficiency that they can't build that identity. They won't. Trump is rich. And so accordingly to American criteria, he is also wise, fair, moral, deserving, strong, clever. He has to be. Capitalism and, Ameri and the American dream teach that poverty is a temporary state that can be transcended with hard work and cleverness. To fail to transcend poverty and to admit you are poor is to admit you are neither hardworking or clever. It's cultural brainwashing. Mm -hmm. So if an exploited class of people don't want to admit they're exploited and they blame themselves for their oppression, what manifests? xenophobia hatred of anyone who is different queer people people of color these people are eroding the goodness of america and if they would just stop ruining america then the perfect design of america could work again and deliver prosperity i'm telling you as someone who has spent almost his entire life in this environment that if you think cities are a bubble, good God, 
how you balance those realities and what conclusions you reach to improve the lives of both? Well, I'm not smart enough to have the answer. Still, we need to understand the identity working class white people have built for themselves. One diametrically opposed to, well, reality. Because Trump won't make them rich. Even if he deports all of the brown people, it won't bring them what they're hoping for. And that speaks right to the heart of the issue. It cuts right down to the core. Right down, you know, peeling back all the layers of the onion. <laughs> it goes right, right, right to it. Yeah, I just, issue. I, I just think that he, he laid it out so well here yeah. in terms of this kind of class warfare that has been created and it's not it's not class warfare between different classes Mm -hmm. what has been created is an intra class warfare it is those who have uh, no real means to the resources of society right they don't hold power they're not rich um those are the folks that are fighting amongst themselves. And mm-hmm. that is what Donald Trump wants because then he continues to manipulate. He continues to reap the rewards of that when we are not addressing mm-hmm. the real ills of our society. And the real ills of our society are not queer people. Right. The real ills of our society are not potheads. The real ills of our society come from greed. Mm -hmm. They always have, and they always will. Yep. The rich and the greedy and the powerful, if they are not checked, Mm -hmm. they will destroy our country. They will destroy the earth. They don't give a shit. They are the enemy. Mm Mm-hmm. And they have one objective in mind. Yeah. And you know what? The real ill of our country is not the hillbilly making moonshine Mm -hmm. with a dip in his mouth. Right. In fact, I'd probably like to have a drink with you (laughs) if you don't need to talk about how you hate queers. I would. Right. Like if we can get past that. Yeah. And I'm sure we could. I'm sure. In, if, in some scenario if those in power stop making right. that the cornerstone issue right, right. you know how many times yeah. jesus yeah. talked about gay people <laughs> zero times yeah and that's the thing is there's those uh methods of division on both left and right right you know so the liberal elite you know we have um, oh, if you don't believe this, then you must be that. And yeah. then on the on the right, you, of course, you have religion and the the whataboutisms and all that sort of thing. Um, so there's those methods to, of division that, like you just said, the power powerful and wealthy exploit the shit out of it. The Koch yeah. brothers exploit the shit out of that. Yeah, and I really feel like, you know, our first podcast, 
is is so timely in a way, right? If people would just go back and listen yeah. to some of what we talked about there in terms of this very division of patriotism, right? Yeah. Like this idea um, that one is a patriot and one is not. Um, and, and, and I will never accept that someone waving a Confederate flag and the U.S. Capitol is a patriot. You are not a patriot, sir. You are not a patriot. But a, a lot of Republicans, right? There's a lot of them out there. A lot of them that I don't really particularly like mm-hmm. who are patriots. And I can mm-hmm. accept that. Absolutely. There is a line that was breached. But I still believe that, that we have to find some middle ground and opposition parties are important. A two-party system is not important and it needs to die a very hard death, (laughs) but opposition parties are important. Yeah. And that's the thing is in the end is, um, is the free marketplace of ideas. And when we have multiple representation of that, we're stronger democracy, we're stronger nation, we're stronger society. Um, but this is what we're seeing is, is the result of a two-party system. People run to their corners and yeah. And our, our founders knew it too. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like you said, it's like, I like opposition. I think it's great when we, when we can have a civil discussion and debate on, on issues that impact everybody, but not when it's used as a division, whether or not, you know, a person is a person that is not, that is not a debate that person is not when it's flat out lies right right lies that our court system and our legislative bodies from across the u.s know our lies right every person in that capitol building knows that the bullshit of disenfranchising millions of people were lies yeah right and and those lines, I think we have we have to, as Americans, find ways to hold people accountable to those things. Mm-hmm. And that means impeach Trump. I don't care how many days are left in his yeah. presidency and yeah. ensure that the Senate upholds that impeachment so that he can never hold office or yep. a position of, for profit in a, in yeah. a, a corporation in this country again. And he does not get sure that. Detail. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And he does not. Yeah. He does not get the benefits of our federal government. Right. Because that is out the window, whether or not he deserves that. And, and that's the steps that to look forward for now at what happens after this, you know, the incident happened, but what is the response? And that's really, really critical at this time do do we sit on our hands because i'm worried that we're going to and i'm i'm more worried about that than than the violence i mean i'm worried about more violence but i'm worried about the lack of response to the violence and that's where we stand and like we said you know you know there's there's encouraging signs but then there's some discouraging as well but yeah you know, I, I agree with you that there, there are encouraging things happening. Um, 
Georgia is a great mm-hmm. example of that, right? Like my my faith and democracy um, lies with people like Stacey Abrams, who is yes. fighting so that every American has the opportunity to vote. Right. And that opportunity does not have barriers put in front of it, but that right. we we all as Americans have the right to vote and we all need to respect our right to vote right whether we like it or not you don't even need to know how i vote you just need to respect that i have the same right as you and that at the end of the day we know our systems are are good and fair and accurate we know that yeah it's not in question and you know what the the republican party for all the shit they want to talk around the Russia investigation. Mm-hmm. I want I want people to really think about this. Russia never stopped meddling mm-hmm. in our elections. They never did. Yep. And the Democratic Party never said that Russia interfered in a free and fair election in terms of the cast, the ballots cast. Right. Did they interfere with false information? Yes. Did they interfere through illegal means? Yes. But did the Democratic Party once claim that their, their impact was through the ballots cast? No. Right. Right. Never happened. And that was and, the narrative that, that was spun into, though. Yeah. And on January 6th, when Trump was elected president, who sat in that chair Joe Biden. overseeing the Senate? Joe Biden. Yep. And, and did so. his... And that's the thing is you bring up, you know, bring up Russia and, and we could get into this, this long thing as well. But another thing to worry about is that these, our foreign enemies are applauding and they are taking notes. Oh. And Russia has done a, everything they wanted to do. And everything they wanted to do has been accomplished. Yep. Yeah. And the other, the other thing that I, I really think is an important message here as we're kind of tying things up is we have to reward leaders that speak truth to power. Um, And uh, we we can no longer accept in action. We can no longer accept that your opinion matters when you support those or are those who choose to incite terror mm-hmm. on hollowed ground, right? Like mm-hmm. it, I, the symbolism is just astonishing to me. Yeah. Um, and and if you choose to support that, mm-hmm. if you minimize that, or act as if in some way there is some justification for that, well. Truth be told, your opinion doesn't matter. Right. It's un-American. Yep. On its face, it's un-American. It's invalid. 
Yeah. You yeah. didn't peacefully protest outside saying, right. uh, you know, right. I disagree with this uh, vote count in Pennsylvania for reasons that the Supreme Court laughed out of court, right? <laughs> like you have every right to do that. Right. Of course, it's a really shitty chant, but you have every right to do. Yeah, it. and and but I would su- and I support right. that, and I support that. We support that. Yep. You you, we support that right. But and that what, line was crossed. Right, it was crossed when when the first volley was fired, and that's that's where that ends. That's where that where everything that you're standing on is invalid. I, I just mm-hmm. I still come back to though this is my i promise i'll shut up after this but i come back to how do you call yourself a patriot right when you violently take over with the, the capital of the united states of america with a confederate flag with a trump flag and with a nazi flag i really want to know too waving the flags of our enemies Mm-hmm. we've defeated all of them by the way yeah through military might and through and through righteous uprising yeah they have all been defeated yep and that is that is exactly what i'm wondering too what goes through your mind to say I'm going to bring a Confederate flag and trample. It's clear through the, the message is clear. And, and that's just the image that sums that all up. I, my sister actually said that, like, can you, you know, believe that? And I texted back. I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's the picture picture. That's worth a thousand words in this case, a million. And that, that sums up exactly what happened that day. You show that picture to anybody, they'll they'll know exactly what you mean. <laughs> going forward, there are, there are going to be some wins, and that's the thing. Is I look at twenty twenty one, I look at this kind of this past election cycle. You know, when I try and think of some good things, is it's kind of like a kid. You know, when you, when you're growing up, you see like the snow falling at night, and you're like, oh, cool, I might have a snow day tomorrow. Who knows? You go to sleep, you wake up. Oh, cool. We have a snow day. It was kind of like that with the results. You wake up and it's like, oh, John Ossoff is, John Ossoff is up by 20,000 votes in, in Georgia and they're going to win the Senate. So it's so those sort of moments and and there'll be more of those uh, are worth are worth mentioning and holding on to and and knowing that there is there are there's light and we will we will make it through together because we are only stronger together absolutely and stacy abrams needs to be uh the chair of the democratic party if they have if they have any brains whatsoever if yeah but regardless she will have she will have a position of of power i think well no matter what i i just think I think the world no of the woman, uh, I mean, and I, I know that doesn't really matter uh, given my lot in life. Um, but I will say that uh, it, it is incredible to hear her story, to know where she comes from, uh, to know uh, that 
that she went about developing relationships right like that that is how the democratic party in georgia won is by getting to know every single voter uh, that showed up and and i you know what is what a testament to what democracy should be right it's community Mm -hmm. it is community organizing and, and that is what she has done in Georgia and, and of course others it's not just her but her vision her whole team yeah her vision really um is just something uh that I that I aspire um to to have even a glimmer of that impact on my community uh in, in terms of just people coming together mm-hmm. caring for one another mm-hmm. um enjoying food together and doing all those things and in that time of darkness that we had there was that light you know there is always that light that is in that shines through that darkness and that's that was stacy abrams and her and her incredible efforts in Georgia yeah. and and her team and and raphael warnock and john ossoff yeah they, that was that there was that and that's that's what's important to turn to Ebenezer Baptist Church coming right back at you. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, it, it is yeah. pretty amazing uh, to think about just so many of these images um, playing out over this period of time. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. A, a black pastor from Ebenezer Baptist Church stepping in um, as the first senator from Georgia. At a, at a time when we uh, literally have racists hanging nooses right at our capital um, and 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 the fight for civil rights and, and the fights for voting rights all of that so real again in our world um, yeah it's just it, yeah. It, it's amazing to me and, and Georgia is shining through right <laughs> Georgia on my mind yeah. So join us next time. Any last words for Sean? <laughs> I, I think I said my, my fair share today. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us on this very fiery episode. Um, we will uh, talk about uh, tie-ins with the drug war part, tw- part two next week on Trickle Up Politics. You all stay safe out there. May peace, joy, and love be with you all. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Really hope you enjoyed. If you want to send us any uh, listener feedback or anything like that, you can send it to trickleuppoliticsshow at gmail.com. That is trickleuppoliticsshow at gmail.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. You're awesome.